It's a college baseball Tuesday, and somebody finally beat Tennessee. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we've been talking about it all season, how Tennessee is the best team in the nation, best team in the nation. Somebody finally beat them. So they go to Kentucky, uh, the, same, the same Kentucky team that is 26-21 and 21 on the season, that is 9-15 in conference this season. They got swept by Arkansas in the first weekend series. And they lost two out of three to t- Tennessee. Just the opener on Thursday goes into extras. Kentucky wins three to, t- uh, three to two in 13 innings. On Friday, uh, ten- Kentucky's up four to two in the eighth. Rain suspends the game until Saturday. They come back on Saturday with a 3-2 lead and win 5-2. The finale on uh, was a, a seven-inning game. Tennessee wins 7-2, but like that's the first series loss for Tennessee now. So the sky's not falling. I mean, the best teams are going to Nobody wins every single game. And so this is not the end of the world for Tennessee. But it's something where like Tony Vitello has set the bar for this team so high. Uh, and, you know, that... It's just, it's notable when they lose now. And you have to understand, they were playing on the road in the SEC in adverse weather conditions. So like at some point in the weekend, this and the quote from Tony Vitello is like, you're going to have the weekend where you don't play your best. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't win out this weekend. So the question for them is, can they, can they regroup, regroup and can they figure it out? And the issue was offensively. So we know that they averaged like nine runs a game in the, Two losses. They had 10 hits and four runs across 22 innings. They gave at-bats away. They were inconsistent with their at-bats. And it's, so it's something where they have to get back into the, the space of we can be patient, we can wait for good pitches to hit, and we can hit them. Uh, Chase Dollander came back, though. So Chase Dollander was hit on the arm of the line drive against Alabama. Hasn't appeared in a game since. I think he's missed three weekends. Came back this weekend, threw 52 pitches and four innings of relief, two hits, uh, one run, I think it was unearned, struck out five. So having him back just gives you a ton of options uh, as, as they knock out the last two series. They've got Georgia, and then at Mississippi State, and then the SEC tournament. They're still on track to be one of the top five teams in the country, probably number either number two or number one. Number one, the new national number one is Oregon State. So they had their rivalry matchup with Oregon. And I love what the Pac-12 does with this here. So Oregon State and Oregon, three-game matchup in Corvallis. And so the non-conference matchup on Tuesday was these same teams, but at the other team's house in Eugene. So Oregon State goes to Eugene, wins two to nothing, comes home for the weekend, and sweeps the series. 5-1-8-7-4-0. So, Oregon State now, uh, three-game lead on Stanford uh, for the Pac-12. They're now number one, and it's the first time they've been number one since they won the national championship in 2018. 
So they have this. They also beat Oregon in another midweek non-con game two weeks ago. So they're 5-0 and against their biggest rival. Play your biggest rival as much as possible because these games are always good. I love this. Oregon St- State has like just quietly been a juggernaut out there. They've only lost one series this season, same as Tennessee. Their loss was uh, first weekend of April to Stanford. Uh, again, three-game lead in the Pac-12. They're scoring almost eight runs per game, so their offense is almost as good as Tennessee's. They're top 10 in team ERA. It's like 3.5. They lead the nation in fielding. I think that was Arkansas. Arkansas had like eight errors at Auburn. Uh, Six, sorry, six errors at Auburn. So now Oregon State has the number one fielding defense. But then you go to add to that, and you've got guy we've talked about before, Cooper Herpe, probably one of the best pitchers in the country, 9-1, 208 ERA. You add back to him Jake Finnings. Uh, got 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 hurt earlier in the season, missed six weeks, is back now. He's 2-0 with a .48 ERA through five scoreless innings against Oregon uh, on Sunday, 69 pitches. Ve- just very nice outing for him. And then they've got another youngster, Jacob Matz, 8-0-341 ERA. So you take this rotation. You give him a guy like a Jacob Melton in the outfield, uh, 376, 451, 708 slash line, 12 home runs, 18 stolen bases. I've got him projected as probably the third college outfielder off the board, probably a first round pick come July. And so like Oregon State is now a scary team when you get to the postseason. I mean, they're definitely going to host a regional. They're going to be one of the top eight national seeds. And it's a little bit like, worrying if you're matched up against it. If you're in that regional, good luck. That's one of the best pitching staffs and one of the best offenses in the nation. And you have to fly out there to play. So good luck with that. Other Some of the, some of the other hosts. Arkansas wins two out of three against Auburn. So they c- come from behind to win 11-8 on Friday. They lost Saturday 5-3. They come back and win 7-4 on Sunday. Knockout Auburn starter Joseph Gonzalez on Sunday, a guy who had averaged like seven and a half innings a start in SEC play. Knock him out, I think, in the third. So two-game lead atop the SEC West. They're two games up of LSU and Texas A&M. Third game up on Auburn with six games left. Now, nothing's perfect. Their ace, Connor Nolan, got roughed up a bit on, a, on, on Friday. The offense was able to come in and, and, and save him. Sunday, youngster Jackson Wiggins gave a great start. Really looks good. And and something where Auburn just had no answers for him. And so Auburn now has to regroup. That's two straight weekends where uh, they've gone one and two. Now, granted, they played at the time number one Tennessee and then number two Arkansas. So like I, or number three Arkansas. So I get it. You play some tough teams, but now Auburn's got to regroup. Uh, if they go... They have home against Alabama, their their biggest rival, and then away for Kentucky, the same Kentucky that just knocked two out of three off of Tennessee. Uh, if Auburn can win both of those series, and I think they're going to be favored to win them both, uh, they're going to be hosting a regional for the first time in 12 years. So that'll be really interesting. Um, when it comes to, to the Big 12, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a team that we've kind of been questioning, are they going to make the tournament or not? What's going to happen with them? They've had some solid weekends, but they haven't really had like that showcase series where they would just went out and handled business. And so we just all kind of figured out, well, they're just going to, they're going to be somewhere in that mass in the big 12 we talked about. Well, took care of business. Uh, They went to TCU, 
won the series. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, won the series. They lost game one, nine to seven. Turned around Saturday was 11 to seven. Um, and then Sunday won the series. Bats were at work there in the last three series now. And granted, before TCU, it was Kansas and Kansas State. But still, last three series, they're averaging almost 12 and a half runs a game. So they've, they've really picked up the offense. They've beaten the teams they should have beaten on the weekends. Uh, but they've looked really good while doing it. And so I think they're like, like now they're probably in the top 25. As I'm recording this, some of the, some of the top 25s are out. Some of them are not yet. But I think they're going to be in the top 25. They got West Virginia and then at Texas Tech. I think the way that they've played in the last three weekend series, the last three conference series, they can hang with those teams. And if they can split those, if they can go three and three on something like that, uh, that puts them at, at 14 and 10. That, that's going to put them in the field of 64 and have a chance to play for Omaha. Uh, I don't necessarily know if they're going to host or not. They are number one in the Big 12. So if, if they win it, they may get the auto seed. Uh, I, I do think, you know, but like, I do think they're definitely going to make it. And so really interesting to watch how the rest of this breaks out. Oklahoma State, uh, I believe they're three games up on TCU now. Magic number of four. They play Texas Tech and then Baylor. Be really interesting there. They might get a top eight seed. And if they do, um, and they might because RPI is third in the country behind Tennessee and Oregon State, uh, then they definitely have a chance to to get one of those top eight seeds. And at the very end of the show, we're going to talk about how the seeding works for the postseason. This was a listener suggestion. Uh, talk about the seeding for the postseason. Talk about how the regionals and super regionals and all that work. Um, but first, before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can get odds, news, and sports developments about the basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, NFL futures. College World Series is going to be on the board once the field is set. Uh, there'll be a selection, uh, a selection Monday. So pay attention to that in, coming up in June. And, but in the meantime, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. I do want to get into some of the good matchups coming up this weekend, but before I do, kind of, kind of real quick touching on some of these other conferences, boy, the Pac-12 is just, man, it's kind of messed up. So UCLA uh, behind Oregon State, they were, kind of, they were kind of close to Oregon State up there, and then they went 0-4 last week. So they go, um, they played Long Beach State, the Dirtbags, love the Dirtbags, uh, lost 4-3 to three in 12 innings, and then they went to Seattle to play Washington, and the Huskies sweep them. Not only does Washington sweep them, Washington holds UCLA to eight runs in three games. So they're now four games back of first place, and their RPI has gone all the way down to 63. So it's, it's, it's genuinely possible that they may not make the NCAA tournament, which is going to be surprising because we, we had them as one of the teams that would go in. Um, and, you know, they're a young team. They've had some injuries, and they just had some bad weekends. They opened Pac-12 play. They lost to USC, who's right now in last place. You always hate to lose to the last place team. Uh, they had to go to extra innings to beat Harvard, swept by Washington. They've got, still got to go to Cal State Fullerton and then host Washington State. Um, both those teams have losing records, but USC has a losing record, and USC, um, USC won the series against them. 
Georgia Tech in the ACC, I don't know what to make of Georgia Tech. Kevin Pratt is a machine. We know that. But, like, they beat my, they won the series against Miami. That gives them series wins against Miami, against Florida State, against Georgia, against Virginia Tech. They've got a top 20 RPI. And then they turn around, they get swept by Clemson. They get outscored 35-14. to 14. They're now 12-12 and 12 in the conference. And it's like, RPI is close to 30 now. Okay, so... You've been swept, like, yeah, you've got some great series wins. You beat Miami, you beat Virginia Tech, but you got swept by Clemson and NC State, and you lost your series to the two teams that are fighting to even make the ACC tournament in Duke and Clemson. So they play Georgia Southern uh, Wednesday, so day after this, and then they get the weekend off for finals, and then after that, they go to Pitt. So that's going to be really pivotal. When they are on the road, they are 6-12. and 12. So if they... Um, if they lose at Pitt, then they've got to make a deep run in the ACC tournament just to make a regional appearance. But, you know, just wild stuff going on. Uh, when you're looking ahead at this weekend, uh, I think there's some great, some great matchups to pay attention to if you're looking for some, some, future, some future MLB prospects to watch. So number three, Oklahoma State hosting number 15, Texas Tech. So two of the best teams in the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech obviously has another young. There's just more of these guys, uh, more of these kids. Uh, Jace is projected to be a top ten pick. Um, it's it, it's something where Texas Tech needs the boost to their RPI. Um, Oklahoma State wants to go ahead and clinch the Big Twelve. If they sweep, they could do that. But um, I don't expect a sweep to happen. I expect Oklahoma State probably take two out of three. Um, I do want to see what Jace Young does against his pitching staff. Uh, that'll be very pivotal as far as when it comes to draft time, what's going to happen there. Um, a explosive matchup in the ACC, Virginia Tech versus Louisville, both in the top 10. Um, Virginia Tech has been extremely hot recently. They're 33-10 and 10 right now, 14-8 and 8 in the conference. They've won series against Miami and Virginia. Both those teams were in the top 10 at the time. Um, and so now they're, now they're hosting Louisville. Uh, Louisville is another team. Uh, 9.2 runs per game. They're in the top 12 at scoring. Virginia Tech's right behind them at like 8.9 or something. Uh, But both these teams, if they can win out, both these teams can clinch a a top eight national seed. And so big matchup here. Going to be tons of offense. Lots of fireworks here. Uh, Whatever the bet online line is for this, take the over. Just because it's going to be lots of runs. And then one of a, a great rivalry coming back. Michigan, I'm sorry, Miami and Florida State. So Miami is 17-7 and seven in the conference. They go to Florida State. We've talked about Florida State being one of, the, um, one of the best rotations in college baseball. But specifically, I want to watch Friday night. So you're going to have a rowdy atmosphere down there. Obviously, postseason stuff's on the line. These teams are both top 15. Uh, Miami's trying to get their regular, they're trying to clinch a regular season title. I think they'd have to sweep and get a couple losses somewhere else to clinch it this weekend. But they're still going for that. Uh, Florida State's trying to boost their resume so they can hopefully get a hosting spot in the postseason. And Friday night, listen, Carson Palmquist, the lefty for Miami, 7-3, 2.95 ERA. I think he's going to be an All-American this year. Andres and I were talking about he needs to like, let him close. Don't move him to starting. But it's worked out. He's been a pretty good starter. He matches up against fellow lefty Parker Messick, 6-2, and 
for the Seminoles, 256 ERA, leads the entire country with 128 strikeouts. It's going to be a phenomenal Friday night matchup. If you're anywhere near a television, I believe it's going to be on ESPN, like on the mothership. You got to go watch Miami and Florida State. Going to be a great matchup. And in just a minute, I've got a listener question about how the postseason works in college baseball. I'm really excited to get to that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Uh, There are so many makes and models of cars now that it is virtually impossible to figure out what parts go for go for what vehicle? I was doing a thing at the other job today, and I was trying to 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 price a 2020 GMC Sierra 2500 heavy duty um, diesel, and I'm going through the website, and I'm just there's all of these different options and trim levels and packages that could be on this thing, and every single one of them changes the parts, changes the cost of the vehicle, all of that. Just a ton of work. And when you go into an auto parts store, they're going to ask you all of those questions. And you're going to go through all of that just for them to not even have the part. So skip all of it. Go to rockauto.com. It's really easy. You put in the year, make, and model of the car. They say, hey, this sticker specifically, go get this code off of this sticker. We'll tell you exactly what you need. I had to get touch-up paint for my wife's car. I went to Rock Auto. I put in the year, make, and the model. And it said, This is what the sticker looks like. Here is where it is on the car. Go get this code and put a little arrow on it. Go get this code. Bring that code back to us. I put it in and it said, boom, this is the exact color of the car. This is the exact touch-up paint kit you need. It's 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 color matched. Obviously, it's got everything you need to touch it up, to seal it, do everything. So uh, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so the best analogy I can give you to how the college baseball tournament works, the field of 64, is think about March Madness. So, okay, so 64 teams, and the way that they have it is there's two groups of teams that get in. There's automatic berths, and then there's at-large picks. So there are 31 Division I conferences that play baseball. So because of that 31 conference thing, 31 teams automatically make the tournament. Win the conference and you are in. It does not matter if you are an Ivy. It does not matter if you are a directional Michigan. If you win the conference you are in, you make the tournament. Everybody else, 33 spots, are at-large bids. And those spots go based on overall record. They go based on RPI, which is the rating performance index. It's the thing that they use for a bunch of sports, except for men's basketball now, apparently. They got rid of that. They use net now. Acronym's a lot better for basketball. But uh, RPI, they use strength of schedule to to award those 33 at-large bids. And so when you're done with this, you have... Um, you have 16 groups of four. So the top 16 teams get a national seed. And so what this is, is these are usually the top 16 teams in the country. It's not exactly based off of the rankings because there's a money thing to it. And that's a whole thing we'll get to. But 
you, the, you pick 16 teams, though they are all one seeds. And all of those 16 teams get to host the first round of the tournament. So there are four teams that go that that play inside that stadium. Uh, it's not always theirs. Sometimes you'll see a situation where maybe they use a minor league stadium that's nearby. That's part of their 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 package that they present to the NCAA when they ask for a, for a chance to host. And you like that's sometimes where a decision will be made. Maybe the number fifteen team doesn't get to host. They pick somebody else because that team has a minor league stadium that they're able to use and they can promise a lot more money to the NCAA. It's not a hundred percent for the integrity of the game. It's money's driven. Money drives this decision some a, a little bit, but the 16 teams, they are the one seeds. So they host the regional. So the two, there's a two seed, a three seed and a four seed comes to their city. And those teams, those four teams play in a double elimination bracket. So you have to lose two, you're guaranteed at least two games. When you lose two games, you are out. And the goal of this is to get a winner from each region. Now, if the host team wins the region, they may get to host the next round, which is called the Super Regionals. So of those 16 teams, one through eight, if one through eight, if any of those teams win, they automatically host the next round because they're the eight highest seeds. Outside of one through eight, if somebody in that one through eight loses, then the corresponding team that's seeded nine through 16 automatically gets that, that hosting spot. So let's say you're, it's like you're one and you're 16. They're paired up. Those two regionals are paired up. And before any games are played, you know that the winner of the 16 seed regional and the winner of the one seed regional are going to play each other in the super regional. You know that already. If the, if the team that is hosting that regional, that number one seed team, if, they're, if they win, they host the super regional. If they lose, if anybody else in that regional wins, the other the other regional that has a national seed, that team gets to host. So like up front, you know, okay, if I, I'm in the, the 9 through 16 group here, if the national host, if the, if the top seed and that other regional I'm paired with wins, they get to host the super regional. But the winners of each regional go into the super regionals. And there's eight sites because there's 16 teams and you play a best of three series. So you might play two games, you might play three, but you play a best of three series. At the end of that, you have eight teams left. Those eight teams go to Omaha and play everything at the College World Series in Omaha. They split it up into four brackets, or sorry, two brackets of four teams each. Those four teams play double elimination. So you're guaranteed at least two games in Omaha. And the winners of those two brackets face off for the championship. So you can theoretically lose four games in the postseason and win the national championship because you can lose a game in the regionals. You can lose a game in the super regionals, two, two and one in the best of three. You can lose a game 
in the double elimination College World Series. And then you can lose one of the three games in the final. So you can lose four games and win the national championship. You just have to win eight. You win eight, you lose four. So that's the format for the tournament. Um, Selection Monday is really exciting. This is uh, this is one of my favorite times of the year is getting to sit and watch these, these amateurs play baseball. My sister actually got to go a few years ago. Super exciting. So if you've never watched the College World Series, it is tons of fun because these are amateurs. Um, some of them, some of them will be drafted after it is over. There was a proposal for a while to move the draft to the College World Series, like have it there. I thought that was really interesting. Um, but getting to watch these kids play is a fun time because some of them, that's the last baseball they'll ever play. I mean, not all of those guys are going to get drafted or signed with teams, um, and that's going to be it. So it's really interesting to watch that. Great week of shows coming up. Tomorrow, crossover with Locked on Diamondbacks. going to be really exciting. Uh, Farm Friday this week, talking about the Royals. Lots of fun stuff. So um, check it out. If you have questions for the show, again, every Monday we do a mailbag. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.